In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus, Word of God, reveal more of yourself to us through your presence in the Bible. Led by the Holy Spirit, guide our time of reflection. May it increase our desire for you in the Scripture and in the sacrament. Amen. Our first reading is only a total of four verses this weekend, yet there's one word that appears seven times. It's the word vanity. Vanity of vanities. All things are vanity. But when we hear this excerpt from the book of Ecclesiastes, we shouldn't be thinking of the vanity described as someone who likes to take a bunch of selfies. Rather, the word the author uses here is hevel in Hebrew, and it means something like futile, meaningless, or empty. The whole point of Ecclesiastes is that the author struggles to find any ultimate purpose or meaning to life. The main character, Koheleth, says that everything is meaningless, everything is vanity, a bit like a pouting child who says, ah, life's not fair, nothing's fair. The book's main message is just that. This side of eternity, life just isn't fair. In the specific passage we hear this weekend, the meaninglessness vanity of life that's described is this. Here is one who has labored with wisdom and knowledge and skill, and yet to another who has not labored over it, he must leave property. This also is vanity and a great misfortune. Speaking of unfortunate events, in our second reading, Paul is continuing to respond to the unfortunate situation which developed in Colossae. The Christians there seem to be believing some false teaching about different powers and spirits in the heavens. This is why, from the very beginning of the passage we hear at Mass, he reminds them that Christ is seated at the right hand of God and that Christ will appear in glory. But then from there, he tells the Christians in Colossae to put to death, then, the parts of you that are earthly. More specifically, the word he uses for put to death means more like to make into a corpse. It's serious business, and Paul's speaking to the fact that most of the Christians in Colossae were from Gentile background, which was pulling them back to an old way of life. That's important too when, at the end of the passage, Paul says that here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcision and uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, slave, or free, but Christ is all and in all. In this, he's saying that Christians experience a union together such that previous causes of division no longer apply. The divisions of Greek and Jew, or circumcision and uncircumcision, are obvious, but the division between barbarian and Scythian could merit a little explanation. You see, just as the Jewish people distinguished between themselves, Jews, and everyone who wasn't a Jew, a Gentile, so too did the Greek people distinguish between themselves, Greeks, and everyone who wasn't a Greek, whom they called barbaroi, barbarians. But then on top of that, a Scythian was someone who originated from around the Black Sea, and they were seen as especially being barbarians. In fact, Josephus, the Jewish historian, said that their reputation was, quote, a little better than wild beasts. To Paul, even those who are seen as just little better than wild beasts, barbarians, and even Scythians, have an equality as Christians. A man is trying to get Jesus to play the part of a lawyer in our gospel this weekend. He says, teacher, tell my brother to share the inheritance with me. But Jesus will have none of it and responds by asking, friend, who appointed me as your judge and arbitrator? This response could be an allusion to when, in the second chapter of Exodus, Moses kills an Egyptian and hides him in the sand. Then, the next day, when two Hebrews are fighting, one of them says to Moses, Who has appointed you ruler and judge over us? In response to the question of the man from the crowd, 
Jesus tells them that one's life does not consist of possessions, and then illustrates this with a parable. From the start, as we've mentioned before on the show, we must remember that wealth was seen as a very definitive sign of God's blessings in the ancient world. In their thinking, if someone had a lot of wealth, he was blessed by God, and if he was poor, he wasn't blessed by God. So when Jesus starts talking about a rich man whose land produced a bountiful harvest, his audience immediately would be thinking, oh, wow, this man was really blessed by God. But as the story progresses, we see that his greed causes him to want to store up the harvest in his barns. And one might think that such an action is only being a good steward, saving some food for later. But when the rich man says that now he will be able to rest, eat, drink, and be merry, he much more likely has in mind selling his food later on, perhaps even during a time of famine, and becoming even more rich. It's because of this greed that Jesus concludes the story by talking about those who store up treasure for themselves but are not rich in what matters to God. So that's it. That's your Sunday set up in the midst of this lightning storm for this 18th Sunday in Ordinary Time in Year C. May this knowledge of the story behind the scripture allow you to encounter Jesus Christ in a new way this weekend. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.